Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews with your host, Aaron Martell. Hello there, I'm Aaron Martell, and welcome to Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, a podcast where I talk about and review a rock album of my choice. Today I'm flying solo, no co-pilots, but if you're listening and you're interested in coming on the show to review an album with me, I'm always on the lookout for co-pilots to host the podcast with me. There are a few ways to get in touch with me, which I'll go over at the end of the show. So on this week's episode, I'm going to review Russ Never Sleeps, the 1979 album from Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Neil Young is one of my favorite artists, and he's been doing his thing for a long time. I remember as a young kid hearing Heart of Gold and Old Man on the radio and liking those songs, though I thought his voice was a little strange. As I got a little older, Neil Young got away from me as I moved on to more 80s pop and hair metal territory. Then at the very end of the decade, actually I think it was 1989, I heard a hard rocking tune on the radio called Rockin' in the Free World, and the DJ said it was Neil Young. I really dug it, but I still held off on buying one of his records until a couple years later when I heard the song Harvest the Moon and finally broke down and bought the album of the same name, and I found that I liked it. After that, I checked out my old friend the Rolling Stone album guide, and over the years bought Neil's catalog out of release order according to how the guide ranked them until I got them all. Rolling Stone magazine has always been a huge supporter of Neil Young, and this album was rated pretty high by the guide, so I picked it up early on in my Neil Young collecting phase. And now it's time for a few stats about Rust Never Sleeps, provided by Wikipedia. It's where your friends get their information, too. Rust Never Sleeps is an album by Canadian singer-songwriter Neil Young and American band Crazy Horse. It was released on July 2, 1979 by Reprise Records. Young used the phrase Rust Never Sleeps as a concept for his tour with Crazy Horse to avoid artistic complacency and try more progressive theatrical approaches to performing live. It was produced by Neil Young, David Briggs, and Tim Mulligan and was recorded live at the boarding house in San Francisco, California with overdubs done later in the studio. It reached number 13 in the UK Albums Chart and number 8 in the US Billboard 200. Now here's the lineup card for this record. We've got Neil Young on vocals, guitars, harmonica, organ, and percussion. And on the electric side of the album, we've got Neil's longtime backing band Crazy Horse, which consists of Frank Pontro San Pedro on electric guitar and backing vocals, Billy Talbot on bass and backing vocals, and Ralph Molina on drums and backing vocals. Russ Never Sleeps is an album of two sides and two styles. The first side is acoustic and folky, with Neil either solo or with light accompaniment, and side two brings Crazy Horse in and the music is heavy and electric, which is what you typically get when Crazy Horse gets involved with a man. All of the songs in this record were written by Neil, except for the first and last track, which were written by Neil Young and Jeff Blackburn. So let's get into the track-by-track analysis. The acoustic side gets started with My My Hey Hey Out of the Blue. Rock 
This is just Neil strumming his acoustic guitar and blowing on his harmonica like he does when he's in his folk singer mode. The guitar is somewhat aggressive and not gently played, as Neil wants to get his message across. The lyrics deal with Neil coming to grips with the changing musical climates and his own relevance in the rock and roll culture. By this time in the late 70s, the punk explosion had happened, and older artists such as Neil were thought of as dinosaurs by this new, disaffected generation. How does an artist survive when his audience no longer needs or supports him? This was the type of question Neil was struggling with, and he articulates his fears well here. He name-checks both Elvis Presley, the old guard, who had recently died, and the Sex Pistols' Johnny Rotten, the new guard, who was the then-current face of punk rock music. This song contains the famous line, It's better to burn out than fade away, that years later Kurt Cobain would quote in his suicide note. This song is still relevant today with the current musical scene and the internet's impact on the music business. However you choose to view it, the artist must adapt to the times or get left in the dust. On this track, if you listen close, you can faintly hear people making noise, as this was one of the songs that was recorded live. This is a major Neil Young song, and I absolutely love it. Moving on to the next track, we have Thrasher. And I was just getting up, hit the road before it's light. Trying to catch an hour on the sun. When I saw those thrashers rolling by, looking more than two lanes wide, I was feeling like my day. Had just begun. There are a few ways I interpret this song. I can see it as a road song where Neil wants to get away from modern life and technology on a quest to find his true self. This sense of identity search is a theme that Neil has returned to time and again throughout his career, and I don't think he ever did it better than he does here. But actually, I agree with the more common opinion that this is inspired by Neil's leaving Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. That group had become bloated and artistically bankrupt in Neil's eyes, and in typical fashion, he bailed on it as it was at the height of its popularity. If nothing else, Neil Young has always cultivated a mercurial, restless persona, and he always looks forward, never backwards or stuck in stasis. This song gives a peek into his mindset at the time and brilliantly reveals why he can't remain in a long-term band, whether it's Buffalo Springfield where he first gained fame and notice, or CSNNY. He lets you know where he's coming from with the line, So I got bored and left them there. They were just dead weight to me. It's better on the road without that load. The music is again acoustic guitar with a bit of harmonica and really feels like an old folk song. His singing is muted, though not expressionless. It's an incredible song, and though technically it's a deep cut that he rarely plays, hardcore Neil fans recognize this as one of his greatest works. Next up, we have Ride My Llama. Continuing our acoustic side of the record, this one has more lively guitar playing and Neil singing about a man from Mars playing Neil's guitars and them traveling on his ship. He then sings about riding his llama, which he pronounces llama to fit the rhyme scheme, in his old neighborhood. And here I want to talk about Neil's voice. It's certainly an acquired taste. It's high and loose. You can tell he was an unschooled singer and doesn't give a shit about technical ability. 
It's like listening to an unusual voice singer like, say, Bob Dylan or Tom Waits. If you get it, if you can get past the technical flaws and still dig the voice, then you'll really be able to get into Neil Young's music. If you don't, you'll never connect to it. It reminds me of when my daughter was about four years old and she was riding in her car seat as we were driving. I was playing some Neil Young on the car stereo and she made a face at me saying, Daddy, he sings terrible. Needless to say, I never converted her into a fan. But anyway, back to Ride My Llama. What's this song mean? More wishing for primitive, simpler times? Beats the fuck out of me, but I like the melody, and there are some overdubbed ahs that I dig. Without question, this is a lesser song, but it's the shortest at two and a half minutes, and it nicely fits the album's flow. It's a good tune. Let's move on now to the fourth track, Pocahontas. I wish I was a trapper I love the unholy frig out of this song. It's in my top five Neil Young songs of all time, maybe even higher. This is one of two entirely studio tracks on the album. It was originally recorded in 1975 for an aborted 1977 album called Chrome Dreams that had many of its tracks put out on subsequent albums. This one's got more of a country ballad feel as opposed to the folk vibe of the previous songs. And there is a noticeable similarity to the 1963 Carol King song, He's a Bad Boy, in both the music and melody. The lyrics in Pocahontas are about how the white man massacred the Native Americans and took over their lands. Neil obviously feels a kinship with these people and is outraged by the injustices they suffered. Later on, he brings in the modern world and the actor Marlon Brando, who at the time was a well-known Native American activist. The imagery is fantasy-like and gives the song a sort of dreamy quality. In the second verse, a drum beat comes in, and there are sound effects and ooh background vocals that add to the overall feel. This is a standout track, and I never get tired of it. The last song on the acoustic side is Sail Away. As long as we can sail away As long as we can sail away This was recorded during or after the sessions for Neil's previous album, Comes a Time. It definitely would have fit on that record, as sonically it's a simple country music-influenced tune. It's pleasant and breezy with session players Joe Osborne on bass and Carl T. Himmel on drums, along with Nicolette Larson on background vocals. Neil would use Nicolette often on his mellower material, and her voice complements Neil's nicely. This is the first track on the album with an actual chorus and a typical pop song structure. Neil seems to be singing that he feels like he has more in common with regular, everyday people as opposed to rich snobs who live in penthouses. There are more words about movement and travel and getting away that always pops up in his work, and he would continue to explore throughout his career. It's not a bad tune, but it's lightweight, and it's my least favorite track on the album. So that makes Sail Away... Aaron Stinky Stinker! So now let's flip the record over and dig into the electric side. Here comes Crazy Horse, and here comes Powderfinger. So the powers that be left me here to do the 
holy shit balls Batman Powderfinger incredible song but before we get into that I want to talk a bit about Crazy Horse they were around before Neil discovered them when they were called the Rockets Neil took several key members of the Rockets rechristened them Crazy Horse and made them his backing band over the years Neil has used them off and on and they also function as its own unit with its own albums but it's the association with Neil Young that made Crazy Horse famous it's a much more complicated history than that, but I'm not going to go that deep here. They aren't the most accomplished musicians, and some music snobs detest their primitive, borderline inept approach to the music. But that isn't the point. When you listen to a Neil Young and Crazy Horse record, you're going to get a heavy, lumbering, rocking set of tunes when they're in their electric mode. And this song brings it. Crazy Horse does its thing, rocking slow and steady while Neil sings a story about a young man just turned 22 who has to take up arms when he sees an enemy gunboat approaching on the river. All the older men in town are unavailable, so the kid has to take things into his own hands. As he picks up his rifle and aims it at the boat, you can feel the tension that the music and words are building. Crazy Horse adds some background oohs that ramp it up as well. Things don't go well for our boy, and the song seems to comment on the fact that this kid had to grow up fast, probably much faster than he wanted to, and never got the chance to become a man and experience all that life has to offer. Life just isn't fucking fair. This track also showcases Neil's guitar soloing, and much like his voice, you either love it or hate it. If you're the type of listener who likes precise, clean, and nimble guitar leads, you've come to the wrong place. Neil Young guitar solos are all over the place, never following a strict set of rules and always keeping you guessing. Occasionally I find myself thinking, what the fuck is he playing? but they are also very expressive and emotional and display an intensity that matches the man himself. I liken it to an abstract painter just splashing paint all over the canvas. On some songs, he takes this way, way out on some extended, long-ass jams, but here he keeps it shorter and more impactful. Powderfinger is near universally acclaimed as one of Neil Young's greatest works, and there ain't no way I'm going to argue that. Tremendous song. The next track is Welfare Mothers. Welfare mothers make better lovers. Yeah, those lyrics are pretty dumb. Neil seems to be putting down the free love concept of the 60s hippies, or maybe he just digs divorces. At any rate, the music has a dirty, catchy riff that carries the song for me. Sometimes you can just rock out to a tune and not really care about what the lyrics mean, you dig? I will say that despite the goofiness, I enjoy singing the refrain, Welfare mothers make better lovers. I can't speak to the accuracy of those lyrics, but Neil must know something I don't. Love the riff and it's a rocking track. I'm on board. Moving on now, we come to Sedan Delivery. Lyrically, this song leaves a lot of room for interpretation, but to me it seems to be about a drug runner 
with the imagery of delivering chemicals and sacred roots, and he's got to get away. There's some other weird imagery as well, though, such as playing pool with a woman with varicose veins and getting teeth pulled at the dentist. So maybe it's about something else. Let me know what you think. The music in the verses is fast and pounding, leading to second sections that aren't really choruses, where the tempo slows and the guitars sound whiny and phasery, almost psychedelic. In the 90s, Neil enjoyed a renaissance of sorts, where quite a few of the popular grunge bands like Pearl Jam cited him as an influence, and soon he was given the unofficial title Godfather of Grunge. I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate, but this song to me is an example of the type of tune that the grunge bands must have taken inspiration from. It's raucous and rowdy, and I totally dig it, even if I have no fucking clue what it's about. And now we've reached the final track, Hey Hey My My Into the Black. It's a repeat of the opening song, a reprise, except this time it's given the full Crazy Horse treatment. The track thunders along while Neil barks out the lyrics as opposed to singing them, while Crazy Horse adds some background vocals for emphasis. It's the flip side of the acoustic version, the two songs interconnected like a yin and yang. There are a few subtle lyrical differences between them, but the message is essentially the same. I think the electric version does add an exclamation point to the line, rock and roll can never die. It certainly can't while these guys are out there, bashing away at their instruments, making a racket for all to hear. The punk revolution had happened, but Neil Young was not going to get left in the dust. He's going to stay out there, rocking just as loud if not louder than everyone else, rip out another insane solo, and not sit still and let the rust set in. Because rust never sleeps. And if Neil Young and Crazy Horse were going to go down, they were going to go down swinging. This track is a perfect bookend to the album. Okay, that finishes the track by track. So now I'll go into my album rating. For you new listeners, it's a simple 0-5 to five system, with 5 being a favorite of mine, down to 0, which would be the worst of the worst. Neil Young's been around a long time, and he has a large album catalog. I don't have every one of them, but I have the vast majority of the records, and they reveal an artist who's tried many different musical styles and genres. He's a mercurial, sometimes frustrating personality, and if you know any of his history, he can come across as a self-absorbed, obtuse dickhead. He's also a model train enthusiast, and is on the board of directors for Lionel Model Trains. That has nothing to do with his music, I just wanted to throw that in there. Musically, he's never been afraid to experiment with his sound, and he follows his muse wherever it takes him. But of all his musical guises, I have two favorites. The acoustic, folky troubadour, and the hard garage rocker, especially when he's teamed with Crazy Horse. Rust Never Sleeps combines both of those styles in one package, and is an excellent example of both. Neil was struggling with his own artistic relevance in a new musical landscape, and it resulted in this brilliant set of tunes. This is my very favorite Neil Young record, so as you can probably guess, Rust Never Sleeps gets a resounding five from me. Now I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all the listeners out there who have downloaded the podcast and given it a listen. We've passed the 1,000 download mark, and it seems like the show is slowly but steadily growing. I want to thank everyone who has liked and or shared the Facebook page so that we can get it out there and keep on growing. This podcast is only really just getting started, 
and I'm so grateful to all of you for making this little hobby of mine so incredibly rewarding. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast on iTunes, so if you're an Apple user and you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it there. If you take the time to do that, I'll read your review right here on the show. For you Android users, the podcast is available on Stitcher. You can leave comments and reviews there too, and I'll read your reviews on the show from there as well. If you'd like to contact me directly, I can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords, one word, RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com, and also on the Ridiculous Rock Records Review Facebook page, where there is a link to hear each podcast as well. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with me? Shoot me an email and we'll set it up. I'm always looking for co-pilots to host the show with me, and would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all your feedback, comments, and or suggestions at any of those places. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, here at R4, we thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen, and a massive thank you if you like and support the show. Take care, and I'll catch you later. daughter was four years old and she was riding in her car seat. We were driving and I was playing some Neil Young and she made a face at me and said, Daddy, he sings terrible. Sweetheart, you wouldn't know good music if it bit you in the ass. You're four years old. I'm sorry it's not fucking Old MacDonald Had a Farm or B-I-N-G-O. I'm sick of listening to that bullshit while we're riding in the car. This is horseshit. Enough. We're listening to some Neil Young, a legendary, tremendous artist. Listen to the shit and dig it. Well, too much?